Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Australians all let us ring Joyce. The great uh, Australian comedy movie, Kenny. Has anyone seen Kenny? Hopefully you've seen Kenny. You knew that it was a comedic spoof that we were looking at there. But I love this clip. I love this clip because my pastor's heart, uh, we're talking to the Kennys of the world each and every Sunday in this moment. And what I love about Kenny's character there is I think a lot of people can relate to Kenny. A lot of people can relate to Kenny, particularly after the year that we've just had. (laughs) When it comes to messages about God and Christianity, I think a lot of people, a lot are not yet Christians, but frankly, I think a lot of Christians are feeling a bit like Kenny and going, yeah, yeah, I get all that. And when God is here, I'll give him my full attention. But you know what? I'm just a bit busy. Anyone daring enough to say that's probably how we're feeling this morning? Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. What about you at home? I think the reality is um, Kenny Kenny sums up um, the reality of the people that we are speaking to. And in comes this pastor at Christmas time and puts up snazzy graphics that says Christmas. The best news all year. (laughs) Right? And... And we hear that, the kiddies of the world, the Christians of the world, and we go, good news, great, awesome, I just want to survive this year. (laughs) More importantly, we want to know, can I survive next year with all we're dealing with? Hey, have, have you ever noticed how Christmas has this funny way of reminding us each and every every year do you get stuck in this tension you know we see all the baubles and the nice decorations that we've got up do you ever get stuck in this tension where we feel like on one hand we should be really happy and yet Christmas has this way of reminding us that there are problems we can't solve (laughs) expectations we can't meet or we haven't met and people we can't control (laughs) particularly around organizing family Christmas lunches either from logistics or for some of the deep pains that we have in trying to get some of those people we love around the table this year. It's a weird season, isn't it? Yet we go, best news ever. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder how the Kennys of the world feel when they hear that. When they hear, oh, you know, it's the good news of Christmas. And I kind of know how they feel. I think the reality is when most Kennys of the world hear that, well, it's really not good news at all. And part of the reason I think that is, is because, you know what, like the the church has done a really bad job at making good news over the years. I think we've really mucked it up, like Kenny's ex-wife. Don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. That's Kenny's first introduction to Christianity. Wow, geez, thanks, mate. (laughs) Uh, We haven't done a good job of of making the good news the good news, you know, and, and you've got to ask in some respects, you know, what is, what is the good news? You know, is the, is the good news come to church? Is the good news be a Christian so you don't go to hell? Is the good news believe the Bible? Because I love the Bible and I believe the Bible, but would it surprise you, particularly if you're a Kenny this morning watching in, that more people became Christians in the 300 years uh, before we had the Bible proportionally than in the hundreds of years after we had the Bible? That's because, and here's what I think it comes down to, if the good news is not good news to you this Christmas, could it be that you actually haven't really heard the original? And 
whether or not you hear or get the original actually is the difference as to whether or not this news, A, is going to be good, and B, it's going to be the thing that resources you to deal with the <laughs> problems you can't solve and the expectations that are not being met and the people you can't control. It will, it will give you that resource, and that's what we want to talk about this morning because whether or not you've got the resource to deal with those things revolves all around this particular question. It's the question underneath everything when it comes to this news, and that is, is it a story or is it news? Because I think a lot of people like the Christmas story. We like, we like angels walk, watch their flocks by night. We like stars, and we like shepherds and sheep and hay and mangers. And we like the story of Christmas, but the reality is Christmas is good news, not because of what is happening, but because of what has happened. Something happened. And the answer to this question, is it news or is it a story, really revolves around the original message of Christianity. And the original message of Christianity, the original good news, the evangelion, where we get the word evangelize from, literally meant to pronounce the good news. The good news of Christianity, if you've never heard it before, if you want to hear it in its original form, you're ready for it? God was born. Or as my kids would say, God was bonded. Um, <laughs> but so what's fascinating, in a time where writing stuff down was really, really expensive, you know, we've got iPads these days, we get to write on this stuff all the time, it's really easy to write things down. In a time when it was really hard and expensive and difficult to write things down, you see that these people uh, had to go and pay powerful rich people called scribes in order to write down this news that we're talking about this morning. And Luke, who's writings we're going to read from tells us something so remarkably and historically significant. In the first verse of Luke chapter 1, he says, many, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled amongst us. Now, how many is many? You know, 40, 400, whatever, many. many. Here's, here's the question. How many people have all gathered round to pay lots and lots of money to write up your life so far? Maybe we don't have to because we're the generation that just spends so much time writing on about our life on a thing called Facebook. We don't need scribes these days, right? But in those days, no Facebook, no socials. So many. Why so many? Because something happened. Something happened. Luke chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Just as they were handed down to us by those who were the first were eyewitnesses, underline that, and servants of the word. And with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. So that's Luke talking to Theophilus so that you may know the certainty of the things that you've been taught. Theophilus was a rich Christian. Is that Jesus, Susie? <laughs> I just wasn't sure for Kenny. <laughs> Theo Theophilus was... was was a rich Christian who'd become, he was a Jew. He's a Jew who'd become a Christian, a Jesus follower. And he was growing up in the faith. Luke is writing to him, getting all this money spent. So Theophilus can have the thing that we need the most this morning. And that is certainty of the things that we've been taught. Isn't that what you and I need this morning? I can tell you, you don't need new information this morning, brothers and sisters. You don't need to know new things. You need to be certain of what this original news was. 
Because when you grasp the certainty of what this original news was, then that is the thing that gives you the resource to deal with the people, the expectation, the problems that you're going to have next year. Because for us, that is the question that we're asking. Will I have the resource to get through all of this? We, we don't know what next year is going to be for us, right? We certainly know what this year has been for us and we're exhausted. One thing we do know will be there next year is us. And I think for you and I, we, we are thalophili, if I can pluralise it like that. <laughs> you know, thalophili. We're people who just need to be certain of what it is we've originally heard. We need to be reminded God was bonded. Because this is everything, particularly if you're a Kenny and you're watching in this morning. All of us, all of us live our lives according to a story. Really, what it comes down to is that some people live their lives according to a story that says just the universe is what it is. And hopefully if I'm nice to the universe, then the universe will be nice back to me. Christians live with the story that God was born And if that's the story that we live our lives according to, because as you've heard me say, we are irreducibly hope-based creatures. In other words, I'm going to ask you the question this morning, what does does your story of the future that you're headed to, what does it do to you? Does it bring courage? Does it bring fearlessness? Does it bring stability? Does it bring steadiness? Or does it bring uncertainty or fear? Well, you're not so sure. A Christian is someone who says, okay, if you want to call it a story, call it a story. But the reality is I see it as a fact and that fact causes me to live in spite of all the things that are happening around me because I am pegged to a hope that is there in the future that is affecting me now. If God is born, it means for us this morning this first and foremost, and I don't want you to miss this. If God is born, simply it means this world is not all there is. (laughs) This is not it. If you're smashed, if you're down, if you're struggling, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, maybe you just need to hear this morning, this world is not all there is. It will pass. Something happened. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree and a census to be taken to the entire Roman world. This is Luke chapter 2. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went to Nazareth of Galilee and Judea and Bethlehem in the town of David. Now, you can do a trick if you're on your phone right now at home or you're in the service. Go to Google Maps and look up, for example, I don't know, Bethlehem. Uh, Go and look up Galilee. (laughs) Go look up Nazareth. I've been there. The reality is something happened. We're reading this this morning because something happened. We need to be reminded of all of that. And if something happened, it means you and I have a resource for hope that is greater than anyone else with another story has. Because, look, this is not a Christian thing. This is not a non-Christian thing. This is a thing thing. What fact is your story born upon? Something happened. Something happened. Which means this world is not all there is because God came downstairs. Dad came downstairs. Um, The atheist philosopher Albert Camus said this, we can live with the dualism for a while that our unhappiness may be compensated by happiness one day, but we cannot live with the thought that our lives are meaningless. Now, God hasn't come down. If God hasn't been bonded, if someone hasn't broken in, then on what basis 
What confidence do we have to say that our lives are not just a bunch of atoms that happen to bunch into each other and rotate around the sun? Something happened, which means this world is not all there is. See, the meaning of Christianity, by the way, if I want to fast forward and spoiler alert, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the Bible, the message of Jesus is not just that he was born, but he was born, he lived the perfect life, he died, and then he came back to life again. People saw that man that had come back for life again and they got persecuted and they got, they got hunted down and they were killed, but they absolutely died convinced that people come back from the dead. And that should bring us, it should bring us hope in those moments for those that are dealing with friends and family members who are sick. It should bring us hope for those who have lost family members who are down and sick. It's the hope that's factually based on the reality that says Caesar Augustus, Roman world, Nazareth, Judea. Who writes stories like that? Christmas is not a story, it's a fact, which means this world's not all there is. It also means then that your hope is more factual than you realise. And this is vital. And this popped up for me a couple of weeks ago as I was sitting down having a tough conversation with someone who was exploring Christianity and they're going through a terribly difficult, terribly difficult, grief-filled time at the moment with a loved one who's desperately ill. And as they were asking questions about Christianity, and as they were talking about hoping that the universe might be good to them and working things through, she said a phrase that absolutely shocked me to my core, because I think you and I, by the way, Christians, we don't think like this. We forget this. We, we forget how grounded in this we are, but she said to me, I hope that hope is true. And I realised the big difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. Christians hope on fact. A non-Christian hopes that there's hope, which is no hope at all. And so it means if God was born in this account, was expensively written. Luke 1, many have undertaken account of the things. Christmas is the most wonderful time of year, not because of what is happening, but because what has happened. I mean, why else do we celebrate Christmas? Something happened. There has to be something about this baby that historically went down and empires fell and calendars changed and movements arose. And whole governments changed their perspective on religion because of this baby. Something happened. Our hope is more factual than we realise. And so the point is there must have been something about it. Look, just look at the book of James. I love the book of James. I love the character James because James in the book of the Bible is the brother of Jesus. And I tell you what, I've had many a time in my life where I've tried to convince my siblings that I am God. <laughs> How's that worked for you, by the way? <laughs> Try convincing your siblings that you're God or that you're at least the boss <laughs> and see what happens. But to think that within, within years of his death and resurrection, James is leading a megachurch right in the centre of Jerusalem. I think there's no greater evidence for the reality of the hope we have than a brother who was absolutely convinced and willing to go to the grave to declare that his brother was the son of God, that God was boarded. Something has happened 
And that something at least shows us at the broad level that life is different because this guy was born. C.S. Lewis puts it like this. If the whole universe has no meaning, we should never have found out that it has no meaning. Just as if there was no light in the universe and therefore no creature with eyes, we should never know it was dark. Dark would be without meaning. See what he's saying there? The mere fact that we talk about the contrast between God and no God, atheism and religion, the fact that we talk this stuff through is in of itself, according to Lewis, evidence that something happened. (laughs) God came, as Graham said so wonderfully in the worship, not that he could be found, but that he would find us. And so what it means for that person, and maybe you're like that person that I was chatting to, that hopes that hope is real. What basis does any other paradigm or any other religion in the world, for that matter, give you to be joyful, to be happy, to be wondrous, to be peaceful, to be stable? Even Albert Camus, the atheist, says, come on, be real with yourself. He pushes you and says, be real with yourself. You can't be happy if you're really thinking about the big picture in life. If God was not born, then what basis do we have? to face what it is that we face moving forward. And so it's simply that begs us this morning as we just come back to remember Christmas and remember a Christmas at a time where it's like, yes, angels, sheep, mangers. (laughs) If we just be real, that's how we're all feeling this morning, right? I think it's a unique Christmas because for you and I that have heard this time and time and time again, there are some of you here going, yep, I'm clocking up my 50th year of hearing that Jesus is bonded. I guess I want to invite you back into that resource that sits right beneath our nose every single week. And we get it for free. And we don't know until you've sat with these people who are wrestling through these big questions of life and don't have the paradigm that you and I have, you just don't understand what an amazing, stabilising resource this is in your my life. And so people go, oh, it's a wonderful story. My question for you this morning is, well, what if it is just a story? What if it's just a story? What if it's just what someone made up? Because if it's a story, comfort's temporary, pain's temporary. In fact, you shouldn't even get angry at pain. It's just a bunch of atoms running around in your head. But if it's God was born, then what we celebrate over the next couple of weeks amongst all the chaos and the COVID and all the rest of it is the reality that we are facing things that are not much different from what Jesus was facing. Jesus was born in a time of high government restrictions. It was like the 10K rule. He wasn't allowed to go far from his home. They were back down doing the census in Bethlehem. There was government regulations. There was orders out. There was overcrowding. Accommodation was bad. Rental prices were ridiculous. <laughs> Are you getting the point here? What I love about Christianity is, and we're going to talk about this next week as I expound this, I just love, in spite of all of this, if you're still angry at God or you're frustrated at God, you're not sure it makes sense or you're not sure if it's true amongst every other religion, let me leave you with this. At least this God had the gumption to swallow his own medicine. Are you angry at all that's going on around you this year? Look, he gets you. Are you frustrated that housing's ridiculous and you've been trying to buy a place, you can't find a place, you've been kicked out of the rental and you've been here and you're moving around town? He gets you. 
Has life been painful and frustrating and not quite like how it went? Has people been slagging you off and you're not too sure? What about Joseph (laughs) when his wife falls pregnant out of wedlock? He gets you. He gets you. (sighs) Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Well, if Jesus, if God came down here and introduced himself, I'd give him 150% of my attention. Look, friend, if you are a Kenny this morning, if you're a Christian this morning, the message of Christmas is God has come down and introduced himself. And so as we head to communion, we should give him 150% of our intention. I hope that we would come back to the first principles of the message that we heard at Christmas. The message of Christmas is not good news, behave. The message of Christmas is not good news, come to church. The message of Christmas is not believe and repent, otherwise you're going to some fiery place for all of eternity. That's not the original news. The original news was, Dad kicked a hole in the side of the universe and came down and lived amongst us and showed us that there is a reality more than the exhaustion and the frustration and the lack of comfort in all that we've been experiencing this year. And Christians are the people when we take that to heart. (laughs) We can still sing carols and we can smile and we can be joyful and we can be stable because we say, yeah, Christmas, Christmas should be the best news that we've had all year. You and I both know we could do with some. Let's remember that this morning. Father, We thank you. (laughs) You didn't leave us alone here. We thank you as we've been singing this morning that you are the one that chased us down and not the other way. I pray for anyone, whether they be in the room with us this morning, part of our online community watching now or during the week, that you would take us to the reality of that which we hope in this Christmas. Father, it won't fix the pains and the frustrations and the discomforts, the grief that many of us are feeling right now in this moment. That's why I pray your Holy Spirit into our lives right now as we get ready to be with you, Father God. I pray your healing. I pray your peace. I pray your comfort. I pray your strength. I pray your presence into the lives of all who listen to this in this moment this morning. May your grace be enough for us, perhaps just for today. May we be ready to receive it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. As we open COVID safe communion cups, This is like one of the best inventions out of the pandemic. (laughs) So portable. I think every time I hear the um, obscure ripping of plastic over the top of wafer and a bit of juice, for me in a weirdly and wildly spiritual way, and I don't know if this is the case for you, and if you're at home, you're missing out on the wonder in this moment. When you hear all the crinkly little crackly plastic There's nothing more tangible than this reminder now as we eat and drink to say God was bonded. (laughs) That we're not dealing with a story this morning. That if we're feeling a little bit hopeless, then our hope is at least born into the fact that as we eat and drink, something happened. Lest we wouldn't be peeling aluminium foil off a plastic cup.
I'm sure there are far more religious ways to introduce ourselves into this, but there can be no more pragmatic way as we eat and drink. It's real. It's real. Eat, drink, be reminded. And hey, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, either at home or here, don't feel that you've got to do this process with us. You know, I often say, look, people people will want this to be true before they're convinced that it's true. If you're not yet a Christian, all I would ask you this morning is, do you want this to be true? Do you want a hope that's not hoping about hope? Then stay with us for next week. Stay with us long enough to understand the hope that we've each found, many of us, in this place. Let's uh, continue to reflect and worship. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.